So I think the the, the most important thing for get people to realize that are trying to get in this this line of industry is that there's no right path unless you unless you're you know your next door neighbor growing up ends up being the next Trevor Lawrence. It's going to take a lot of hard work to kind of get and break into the industry. So the first thing is don't think I have to do A, B, C, and D to get to become an agent. Welcome to the UND Greyhound Guide, the only show of its kind where we give you unparalleled access to the University of Indianapolis Sport Management Program, which is located within the amateur sports capital of the world. Through the voices of students, alumni, and even professors, listeners will gain information that can't be received by visiting a website or even touring a campus. Catch us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay up to date on all things sport management. So today we are joined by a member of ESG, which is the exclusive sports group, which is a sports agency in downtown Indy. Tony Bonagura is a sports agent there. Although he's not an alumni of UND, he has been helpful within the sport management program. Recently, he has assisted Dr. Mills with a class when they were covering topics that deal with sports contracts and such. So thank you for joining us here and helping us out again for another semester this is the third installment of what we're dubbing as the sports agent mini series along with you we've had uh, we've had Cole Toner from the NFL and Reese Horn from the XFL and really what we hope to uncover from these handful of questions is just better understanding uh, the sports agent profession and what that all entails because we have incoming students or students graduating, and this is always a field they're interested in, but no, don't know much about. So we appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule. No, absolutely, man. I appreciate the invite. And as someone who, who went through that kind of journey to get to our mat, I understand how difficult it can be kind of breaking in. So it's always great to hop on and help other guys, other people out who are trying to go through this process. So my first question with the, with the two other people from this series were from their perspective as an athlete, like what should a potential, what were questions that they would ask a potential agent before signing? So I'm curious from your perspective on the flip side is like, what are some questions that agents maybe ask athletes before seeking them out and signing them? You know, that's really a great question. And it's kind of hard to give an answer to because everything, every person is looking for something different. So obviously there's generic questions you got to ask, like what's your kind of history in the industry? Do you have any success doing second contracts? Do you have any draft success? You know, is there any type of legal red flags or anything that's brought up or any allegations in your past that would, uh, has caused you to be, you know, face any sort of like personal conduct, which is kind of the general things. But outside of that, the unique thing is every agent and every agency offers something different. And it's just like every player is looking for something different. So I think that the first bit of advice I would give to any player kind of go through the process is figure out what you're looking for in an agency. You know, what's important for you. You know, some people just are like, hey, I'm cool with being a number. Um, I just want the agency who's the biggest agency and can offer the most toward me. I don't care if I'm the 89th person on the roster. I just want to be a part of it. 
other guys are like, no, I want that personal relationship with my agency. I want them to be involved in every day of my life. I want them to kind of help me through things, not just football related problems, but just problems I'm going to run over over the course of general. It can be there for me as someone in my corner fighting for me. It just, it just really depends on what the person's looking for. And I can't really answer that question. So the player, I would say, first figure out what you want. And then going from there, you can really tailor your question specifically to what best fits what you're looking for in agency. So after reaching out to you, I was going over the ESG website and I found that there are different tabs like for the players and the coaches that you guys represent. And I was just wondering, like when you guys are bringing those individuals on board, is the like pitch process different whenever it's a coach rather than dealing with a player? I just didn't know if due to their like different stages of their career, if the process varied in terms of like what they were looking for, like I would just think like a coach would be more stable and long-term and a player would be looking for like the best deal financially or something. Uh, it's that there's differences in similarities. At the end of the day, it's similar, right? You're trying to sell yourself and your skill set to another individual and everyone wants the jobs and the money what it comes down to a lot of times so in a lot of ways you're kind of selling the same thing or telling them and talking through and pitching them the same thing but it differs in a lot of other ways uh, pretty significantly and that's kind of what you were saying is yeah from a stability standpoint things are a little different a player is usually significantly younger who is yeah the playing career is important to them but they're also looking for advice in other certain areas um not just like playing career but these guys have never bought a house before in their life you know they've never raised a family before most of them don't have the kids and at this point in their life they haven't paid taxes ever also they're dealing with medical injuries they've never kind of faced before in their life and it's it's really difficult for everyone i mean myself included i'm sure you as well to kind of learn that stuff so they want someone in their corner who can kind of help them and talk them through that and advise them in the right way to go about it coach is a little bit different there's a lot more professional uh you're not as involved in their every day-to-day thing, so you focus more so on the contract standpoint of things and how you can help them for your further their career with the relationship with networks, you know. Um, but it's it's interesting that a lot of times your coaching clients become your started off as your player clients, and they kind of grow and get older and they grow into your coaching. talking with teams if they're on the bubble about teams that are interested or if they're going to keep them on the team and just figuring out the different paths and avenues we can kind of go from there uh, during the season you're dealing with a lot of injuries a lot of times you're just offering advice and being an ear for them and kind of advising them when they're having problems with coaches and other players or anything going on in the locker room uh, so there's a lot of different things that we kind of 
get involved in um, and were kind of active in throughout the course of while they're training or while during the middle of the season. As far as like the more complicated moves, such as contracts and partnerships and that of nature, it's a mutually it's a mutual relationship. So we'll sit down. Usually around this time of the year, actually, we have a couple of our clients coming in this week. But we'll sit down and we have an agenda, and we'll sit down with the agenda and go through every different topic from you know off-season plans to preparing for not only next year but five years from now. What's your family plans? Setting you up for success as a, in your post career, getting that process started early for them, financial goals, um, taxes, injuries, things of that nature, and also marketing and branding. And everyone's different. Some guys, as I'm sure you see, love to be out there in the media. They love to talk. They want to be involved. They'll be on TikTok and Twitch and Instagram, and they'll be putting themselves out there. And there's a lot of other guys who just want to keep themselves collect their check and kind of go home and they're okay with not being noticed or not having to talk to people or not to put in a front and that all comes down to who it is but yeah it's absolutely a mutual decision we both sit down together and we talk through it yes we'll come up with a plan uh, how best to attack it but I think too the other thing is the NFL like life but the NFL specifically is a fluid process we kind of like to think of it the best analogy I can come up with is like a roller coaster right there's gonna be a lot of highs and be a lot of lows and everything in between so yeah, you have a plan, but it's going to have to be changed and you're going to have to adapt it. And you got to, you know, that's why we always tell our guys that it's important to build that trust and that relationship with each other so that you can adapt, so you can plan. So when things happen, you trust that each person to do what's best for the whole and that if something happens, they trust that we're going to handle it correctly. If we can reach them and just, uh, console them, but they also trust, they we also trust them that they're going to tell us and have us involved and everything like that. So it's, uh, you know, it, it really depends. But for us, it, it's it's a it's truly a partnership. Oh, as, so as you, far as and I'm sorry about the second part. Uh, yes, it does it does change in season and out of season. Uh, kind of what you're focused on and talking about. You kind of just touched on it. You just how this next question. You just talked about how really kind of the athlete dictates it. But I saw on the on your guys's website some stuff that Doug Baldwin has done like since retiring. And I just didn't know if you could maybe touch on or elaborate like the role that a sports agent can fulfill even after an athlete's retired. Like I, I assume it's up to them if they need them or not, but I just, I was surprised because when I think of a sports agent, I don't think of someone that would be able to still help an athlete after retirement, but obviously you guys do that. And I was just curious. Yeah, I think that, you know, the one thing I always joke about with guys is when they sign with us, they're signing for life. It's not just for their playing career, but it's for their post-career as well when they're not paying us a single dime. There's guys we work on right now who, all the retired guys, the Dougs, the Mike DeVitos, the Tyvon Branches, the Corey Grahams of the world, the Joe Wrights of the world. Like, these guys may have been retired for three, four, five, six years, and we're still helping them with stuff, even though they stopped paying us four, five, six years ago. And I think the reason why is because when you focus so heavily on building relationships with the guys that you work with and you know you played sports we've all played sports and a lot of times in sports family gets thrown around all the time it kind of comes hyperbole like everyone treat you like family you're going to be a member of family it's going to feel like family but i think we purposely make an effort to act like family through having substantive talks with each other checking in seeing how things are going being involved in people's daily life not something that you just call every couple months or couple years when it's time to do a contract 
And when you develop that type of relationship, it's easy to be involved in the life of the football because it's more than just a client at that point. They're a friend. They're someone you, you trust and you value their opinion. So it, it's kind of funny that so much of this and even our conversations have been focused on the role agents play with athletes. But when you get to that point, it's it goes both ways. There's a lot of times I'll be talking with my clients and I'll ask their opinion on something, not just professionally, but a personal question. Because I, I trust them and I want to get their input on something. And that type of those type of relationships, those type of uh, kind of advice, that carries on into the next phase, long after football's over. So I mean, we're we're actually involved in that planning from starts while they're still in the league, because you're never going to be bigger than you are in your league. That's your platform you can work off of. So you start planning for it while you're in the league. You can start taking the proper steps, whether it's going to be through philanthropic kind of notion, or if you want to get into the tech field. Or if you want to go back to school and get your MBA, you can utilize, you know, NFLPA um, programs to do that. So we get our guys involved and start on that stuff early. So when the deals get to the point that they're ready to retire, they can make that transition. I think the other thing, too, I want to add, which is something that's become somewhat more relevant recently, um, is kind of the mental aspect of it. So one of the things we always encourage our guys to do is once it gets close to the end of their career to sit down with a psychiatrist and kind of talk through stuff. This is a really difficult transition. You know, it's hard to really put into words, but if you can kind of just sit and sit back and imagine how it feels to be, you know, a 30-year-old, not much older than all of us, and every single day you run out, or every single Sunday, 16 times a year, you run out onto a field in front of 70, 85,000 screaming fans, put everything on the line, it's true modern-day warriors, millions of people are watching at home, Every single person knows your name. You look up in the stands, you see random, you know, grown men and grown women wearing a jersey with your name on the back, and you identified with this one sport for so much of your life. That's who you were. People saw you, and football is kind of synonymous, even from like a young age up until college. And now all of a sudden, at the age of 32, 33, that's gone. We'll never experience something like that again. And it's, it's a tough transition, rightfully so. I mean, and so it's like helping those guys not just from a, a life financial thing, but also from a physical mental thing as well, kind of make the transition after football. So yeah, we, we take a lot of pride in helping our clients kind of do that and make that successful kind of switch. Do you think that it's easier or like if someone doesn't have their JD, but they have an MBA or like a finance degree, is it still doable? Or do you think that like it's oh, more commonplace? Of course. Okay. Um, you know, I think for my, my end, and I sat down when I was you know, 16 years old and figured out I wanted to be a sports agent. When I was kind of planning through it, I figured, like, what do you need to bring to the table from an agent? What can I bring to the table that's going to make me attractive to not just recruits, but to get a job in the industry? Because I realized very early on that starting your own agency is nearly impossible with the prices now that are associated with just even signing and the investment that has to go into it. Um, I mean, the test itself for the NFLPA costs... $2,500 this year. I don't know about you, but when I was coming out of school, I didn't have $2,500 lying, uh, lying around. So just understanding you needed a partner with established agency, I was like, what can make me the most attractive? And I figured going to law school, having that background and experience with contracts and legal thinking and the approach and negotiations would, would put me at the best advantage going forward. But absolutely, you can use your master's degree, um, finance, MBA work. I would even say too, with a way kind of branding and social media has kind of taken over and it's such a pivotal role nowadays in the athlete's representation like even just getting your master's in like a marketing or 
social media or something along those lines is going to be beneficial to you. So that second to last question is just, I'm just curious, like as a person that watches the sports, do you as an agent, if you have a coach or a player that's in a game, do you watch like a game more closely because of that personal relationship? It's actually going to sound kind of funny, but my, uh, my, my football, and you're going to be like, this is, it's going to sound crazy. So just bear with me for a second. But like, it, the way you watch games changes a lot when you become invested. And not only that, but it's something that that's your job that you do 24-7, that you're involved with. You know how the sausage gets made behind the scenes. It's not your escape on a Sunday or Saturday. So I'm actually, I find myself being less into football. Now you're invested because it's your clients. You're invested in watching them play. And you absolutely tune in if you're not even there in person. And that goes for the recruits on Saturday as well. Um, but you just don't have the same uh, – when you're a fan of a team, I think you watch the game differently and more passionately because it kind of means something. I grew up – unfortunately, I grew up a Jets fan. Uh, I was born right outside of New York. So I experienced all the passions and pains that come with being a Jets fan in the era of Tom Brady when he was just dominating us every year. But you were always way more invested because it was like you felt like you were part of that. Now it's – I can care less if – we're in Indianapolis. I can care less if the Colts win. Even though we have Kenny Moore and Jack Doyle on our team, doesn't mean anything to me. You know, I, I was a Jets fan growing up. Nowadays, I can really care less if they win or lose because I don't have anyone on the team this year. So it's uh, it changes the way you kind of watch. And I think when you're, it's it's almost like it's a weird way of saying it, but it's almost like playing like real life. It's like playing real life fantasy football in a sense. So it it, it does. It honestly, I feel like I'm less invested because I don't have that fandom and attachment. I'm just invested in players and you're not the outcomes usually don't dictate like, yeah, you want your players to your clients team to win. If it's in the playoffs, you want them to win the playoffs so they can experience the Super Bowl. But it's not the same level as you feel when you're a fan. I know that, it sounds crazy. I mean, I, I get it. Cause you're like more personally attached than obviously the average fan, but yeah, that is not what I expected. <laughs> So the last question is really just if you could go back to yourself like before even going to college and give yourself advice on how to get to where you are now like what would be some key points so i think the the, the most important thing for people to realize that are trying to get in this this line of industry is that there's no right path unless you unless you're you know your next door neighbor growing up ends up being the next trevor lawrence it's going to take a lot of hard work to kind of get and break into the industry. So the first thing is don't think I have to do A, B, C, and D to get to become an agent or to get to work in football or get to work in sports in general. Everyone has their own unique path to kind of do it. The other thing I would say is be prepared for a lot of hard work, a lot of sacrifice, and a lot of perseverance. And even through all that, you need to get lucky um, to really kind of make it. And it sounds crazy. But it's tough. Like, just think about it. Every single every single kid growing up loves sports, wants to work in sports. Everyone does. And it's funny, even time to interview people, it's like, why do you want to work in sports? Oh, I, I love football. I'm passionate about football. Like, it, it's the truly, you know, the answer everyone gives. And it's one of those things where it's like, all right, there's only a finite number of jobs, but there's hundreds of thousands of people that want to fill them. So you got to always think about what's going to separate you from them. And it ultimately comes down to just outworking them. As crazy as that kind of sounds. You know, when I was getting started... 
in the industry, I've, I've been working in sports for seven years now. For the first, almost, yeah, the first four years, I worked for free. I worked for free when I was in law school, and that includes working part-time as a, you know, working part-time at a bar. So I, that I work on at nights and over the weekends to make money to pay for law school. That includes moving out to LA and working for free in LA, and at the same time flipping burgers, McDonald's, and nights. So I had a, a dinner to eat and made enough money to pay for my rent. And even through all that work, you just have to kind of get lucky. And, and I was fortunate with an opening happening here at Exclusive Sports Group. So the biggest thing is to keep pushing, keep making sacrifice, and when the opportunity arises, because you'll get the opportunity, just make sure you're prepared to capitalize on it. Are you familiar with uh, Peter Dinwiddie with the Pacers? Uh, my boss and him are very close. Your story just, that's exactly who it made me think of when you were talking about bartending. Um, so that's a very interesting story. That'd make for a good movie. <laughs> I'll be, I'll happily sell those rights if someone wants them. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Sorry for the technical difficulties at the start. No worries. And, and last thing I would say is if there's anyone who's listening to this who's interested, don't hesitate to reach out. I'll be more than happy to answer. And I think that goes for, for most agents in the business. They realize they wouldn't have got to where they are without help. I mean, it's crazy how I got the job at, at Exclusive where I'm at now, which I'm so fortunate to have, was the person I interned uh, under in L.A. got his career interning under this guy, Jeff, who was best friends with Buddy at the same time, who Buddy's my the CEO of the sports group, at the exact same time, Buddy was looking to hire someone, an entry-level agent position. I just finished my internship out in L.A. under the guy. So, I mean, it's like that six degrees of Kevin Bacon kind of relationship to get there. Um, and it's truly just don't ever give up. Just just keep working, keep networking, and keep growing. And, you know, you got to be, like I said, capitalizing the right thing. But all that being said, like, you never know who's going to be the person that can get you in the door. So don't hesitate to reach out. Don't hesitate to kind of build a relationship with anyone, whether it's, you know, myself, I'd be more than happy to help you or just some local agent who's in your area. I think that, uh, with the episodes we've done and just with professors and speakers in general, the students are probably really tired of hearing the word networking, but you went from what Jersey New Jersey to California to Indiana. So <laughs> New York, New York to Chicago to LA to Indianapolis. It's, yeah. I can't, I'm telling you, and it's funny you say that because I remember when I started law school, I was like, this is so dumb. Everyone's like, oh, we're going to these functions network. I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm going to go just do me myself. I don't have a lot of free time for my, and I was too cool for school. And then you really start realizing, I'm telling you, it's, it's, a, it's a phrase everyone uses. It's not what you know, it's who you know. But it's so true. To get into sports, people hire people they trust. And that's just not even just sports, but life in general, whether it's sports, whether it's business, finance. You know, so it's the more you get to know people, the more opportunities you're gonna have. And I would I would even say this too. A lot of times in sports, no one's posting jobs on LinkedIn yeah. or indeed.com or monster.com. Like you're not gonna see scout for the Indianapolis codes. How you get that job is by knowing people. Who can tell you when it's opening and we'll say hey like we think you'd be a good fit or would you be interested in that situation so i mean if that doesn't convince you the network then i don't know what will well thank you again i get good luck with the helping dr mills again as she really appreciates it no absolutely like i said always always a pleasure to help out and let me know if i can help you cody 
Will do. Thank you. Have a good rest of your night. You as well. See ya.